Happy New Year! I'm Peter Medlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge. If you've never listened to us before, let me explain a little bit what we're about. Every educator that we have on our show is nominated by the people who listen. And we think that teaching is a unique profession and that almost everyone has a teacher, coach, or counselor who inspired them or helped them become the person that they are today. So tell us about the person who comes to your mind when we say that. Shoot us an email at teacherslounge at niu.edu, and they can be featured on the next episode of this podcast. Today, we have another edition of Student Teachers Lounge. I was really fascinated to hear from someone who has experienced the pandemic both as a student and as a teacher. So I had a wonderful conversation with Taylor Leach. She just graduated with a master's degree from Northern Illinois University, and she just finished up as a student teacher at Kingston Elementary School in Genoa, Illinois. The entire summer, I was just kind of like, am I student teaching? What's going to happen? Like right before I had left, the EdTPA had gotten canceled for the spring semester students and they basically waived their student teaching. I'm like, is that going to continue? Do I? So finally, we were really, we were like up until August playing it by ear, whether we are in person, whether the educators were going to take us on still, because that was one thing I really communicated with them was like, if you need to say no, I can't handle having a student teacher right now. I'm not going to be offended. Like I get it. This is a new, a new minefield for anyone. Speaking of students, through a Freedom of Information Act request, we actually got a bunch of responses from anonymous DeKalb High School students on a survey they got asking them, what ideas do you have to help you be more successful in school? So I enlisted yet again our own high school intern, Vani Subramoni, to help lend her voice to those high school students for us. And the answers, I think, paint a picture of students doing their best to learn from home during a pandemic, giving a few ideas of how to maybe make it better, and also venting some understandable frustrations. Here's a few responses we got. Plan, procrastinate, panic. Works like a charm, and it's gotten me this far. I believe teachers should use class time to do work. I have done up to several hours of homework a day. It is difficult to balance out my life if I'm on the computer six plus hours a day and obviously will make my mental and physical health decline. And I'm cut off from real social opportunities. Seminars and problem solving really are not going to help. Think about this from a student's point of view. If teachers assign too much work, students will simply not do it because of how overwhelming it is, which several studies have proved. Listen to science. Understand that kids have a life outside of school, and busy work isn't going to make us happy to go to a class. Better explaining on assignments instead of just throwing them at us as well. I don't really like how the school has constructed e-learning for this year, and I'm kind of disappointed in the school system. My friends' mental health is declining, and they aren't getting their work done, and their grades are awful. What we really need is less work, which sounds like your stereotypical teen not wanting to do classwork, but it's not. You'll be hearing more of those periodically through today's show, so stay tuned all the way to the end. Okay, so those student responses tell us a bit about how difficult it is for students right now, as if we already didn't know. And I also got to sit down with some school social workers to really reflect on the social, emotional, and even academic toll the pandemic is they see every day. But first, let's hear more of those responses. I don't know about the others, but one thing that would make this better, at least for me, is returning to the e-learning style we did in the spring of 2020. Let me be honest with you, nobody cares about the SEL lessons. Teachers make fun of them, and they are nothing but a time waster. They haven't helped me do anything except be bored. That is the honest truth. Give us something that actually helps us. To green screen myself during Google Meets so I can take a nap. 
Disclaimer, this was a joke. In all seriousness, a successful strategy I use during these unprecedented times is just going beast mode. Not everyone can achieve this feat, especially knowing my peers, but it's the effort that counts. I think it would be great if there was something like a guide, or like a group of people who help new students to interact with other people. Now, here's a bit of what we learned talking to some school social workers from that same school, from DeKalb High School, about the toll the pandemic is taking on students every day. Are you there? Jen Katowski types into the Google Meet chat box. Still no response. Then, finally, a new message pops up from the student on her caseload. Katowski is a social worker for DeKalb High School. The student has their camera and microphone off, so the chat box is the only way to talk right now. Those are the most challenging meetings she has with students, and at this point, She's used to talking to high schoolers with their camera off. I talked to a student yesterday. Her avatar is actually a picture of her. And then other kids, like I have a kid whose avatar is a piece of pizza. It can be hard for social workers to connect online with the students they serve. A sizable portion of the 45 students on her caseload are freshmen who have never met her and haven't even been inside the high school yet. Typically, she sees them once a week, but some have refused to and she talks to them less often. The DeKalb School District has been remote for the entire fall. And like other schools, the district briefly brought back a small number of students with extra needs before having to return them to remote learning. Katowski says it can be too much for those students, even though they might benefit the most from in-person instruction. I understand like the idea and purpose behind bringing them back, but to have them continue to transition back and forth is very challenging and just really not good for them. In Sycamore, the district slowly brought back even more students, especially at younger levels. Then they started seeing positive cases and over 300 people under quarantine. The DeKalb County Public Health Department soon advised all schools in the county to go online again. Sycamore High School counselor Crystal Templin sees how disheartening it can be this far into the pandemic. They had a little taste of it for a couple weeks, and then now it's hard because it's like you know what it could be. Educators are trying to find ways to keep students engaged. Katowski says she doesn't think they're doing well enough helping students connect with their peers in the classroom, which can be difficult in a Google Meet full of faceless dark squares. Some teachers have taken on offering extra credit for having your camera on. Katowski has continued to offer self-care strategies and mindfulness techniques. She has a Google site where students can listen to soothing music or learn how to make a stress ball. It's tough to encourage walks outside in winter as temperatures plummet. And she has some students that meet with her online in small groups, which she says is also beneficial. But Katowski says the burnout, distractions, and lack of social interaction are having a profound effect on academic performance. They're almost more willing to meet with me than they are to go to class. Many of her students are at risk of not graduating on time. I feel like a lot of my job is focused on helping the kids figure out what they need to do to bring their grades up so that they pass, because a lot of my seniors are failing multiple classes at this point. The social-emotional lessons focus on topics like defense mechanisms she's pushed out to teachers are appreciated, but it's a challenge to get students to attend. In Sycamore, social worker Mary Ellen Spicer says some students are excelling and they're seeing success with peer-to-peer tutoring. We're matching up students who may have strengths in areas of English and history or those who have strengths in math and science, then matching them up with students who are struggling academically. And kids' normal high school problems haven't gone away either. We still have students who have a breakup of a relationship or a parent who's clinically ill. We have students who who are struggling with financial difficulties. Those issues can sometimes be sharpened by the pandemic. And Katowski says working remotely has made it more difficult to meet with general education students who aren't Hunter Caseload, but who would normally just stop by her office. 
Many Northern Illinois schools like DeKalb and Sycamore plan to be remote until early 2021. But with the holidays looming and case counts increasing, some parents and educators fear it could be longer. And as they navigate the situation, students and teachers are just trying to keep their heads above water. But it's clear to those working with them that the academic and emotional ramifications of this pandemic will extend far beyond the eventual return to the classroom. Before we finally get to my conversation with Taylor Leach, let's go over just a few more of those students' thoughts. And you'll hear the last few after my conversation with Taylor, so make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show. Make individual check-ins for students from a trusted staff member or teacher at least once every couple of weeks. I also think that having more time between each class is better so that kids can work on homework or just catch a break that they need so they can try their best. I know I might be sounding picky, but I'm going through all of these things and it's been a really hard year for me. I feel like I'm not my full self and that I just need to have a break once in a while. I'm just stressed out all the time. Maybe one assignment from one class per week or three at max. Have times during or after class where we can meet with our peers to study or do homework together. All right, now it's time for my conversation with Taylor Leach as we finally work through some technical difficulties. There we go. <laughs> hey, listen. We're 2020 fashion right now, right? It's nice to know that there are still new technical difficulties we can find this long into the pandemic, right? It's kind of- Oh, nice. every, every, every day. <laughs> I have one of those uh, smart speaker things. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say its name because I know what's going to happen if I do is it's going to start yelling at me. And a recent trend, a recent hobby is that it just likes to start talking while I'm interviewing someone, which mm-hmm. completely unprompted, it'll start asking me about uh, delis in my area or something. You're like, no, I didn't ask you. Stay out of it. It's a lot, but it is. It's like new challenges. I'll, t- I'll take it, I guess. Uh, yeah, could be worse. Could be worse, right? How close are you from graduation? How many days? Uh, I graduated on Sunday. So I am, oh, I see I'm already in that pattern of what day of the week it is. I think it's Wednesday, Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. So four days past graduation already. How did it feel? I know that you didn't get to, did you you cap it and gallon it up for yourself (laughs) or what did that look like? Uh, It's, it was weird. I will fully admit I am the third in my family to get my master's from NIU. Oh, really? Uh, so well, my grandmother oh. and my mother were like, you're walking, you got your master's, you're walking. And I'm like, yeah, but we did the whole undergrad walking like four years ago, whatever, six years ago. I don't want to walk again. And then just sit there and they're like, no, you're walking. And then pandemic hit. And I was like, haha, I win. <laughs> <laughs> I got my way. Yeah. C- congratulations. It's like one of those, uh, you know, you finally got your wish, but you had no idea what it, the cost would be. <laughs> right. Right. It was one of those like, Ooh, I think I would have sucked it up and walked if I had no, <laughs> you know, was there like a, a, a ceremony yet? So that Sunday it was like a zoom thing. What was it? Yeah. So the seed department for graduate and undergraduate met with us individually. Um, and we all kind of got to come together because we were part of that mass shutdown in March, where basically all of a sudden it was like, we're in person and then K, we're done. Yeah. See you in person again sometime. Yeah. See you. Um, so a lot of us hadn't seen each other in person for six plus months now when we had left each other in the middle of class in March. Uh, so it was an unofficial celebration with the department. And then NIU ran a live stream where the president and her provost had 
uh, conferred the degrees, did their speech, and then they basically ran our names under our department, under our degree that we earned, and then just said them all in the video. And it was like 30, 40 minutes. It was the fastest graduation ceremony I've ever been to. And I honestly, I was like, okay, this, is, this isn't bad. I'm not bad. Yeah, I'm not bad. <laughs> Did you were you saying that you had like an individual one-on-one -on -one where you got to see people from your department in person? Or? Yeah, the the education department, early childhood, special education, early childhood department uh, came together on Zoom and we got to just chat. Some people elected to wear their gowns. Others of us were just in our NIU gear. It was interesting to see the variety of backgrounds and kind of get to share everyone's stories with how everything's been going and what's coming up and all that. So it, it was nice. Like it was a... It was a good closure to an unexpected yeah. time. Super rare to have any kind of like in-person group experience. Like I just covered a story of these, these kids at Spectrum, which is a private school up in Rockford. And they, had, they were trying to figure out how to do like a holiday concert during COVID. And so they had this whole outdoor setup. They had these colorful circles six feet away from each other. Yep. All the kids though, just were like so psyched to be in proximity to each other it was just like an energy crackling around that I feel like it's like that for anyone of any age these days yeah I can have yeah definitely I would agree it's like oh outing like even if you get to go run errands it's like oh I'm out of the house today <laughs> yeah yeah I gotta go put on my good hoodie for Target right <laughs> <laughs> and like semi-decent sweatpants or yoga pants for Target <laughs> oh my gosh if you had to put a, so we're, we're putting, we're all of your classes since March online then? I was lucky enough to have the summer off this year. I had pushed my schedule enough that I had an actual break this summer. Mm -hmm. um, my actual training, I was a student teacher this past fall. My actual training for that through NIU and all of that, all our meetings were online, but I was lucky enough to be in person almost the entirety of the 16 weeks for student teaching, which was a very rare occurrence for a lot of us. This, Where were you at? Uh, Kingston Elementary. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, for Elementary. sure. So a bit, bit tinier, oh, yeah. um, but we, the school and the district, all of GKS district really fought to keep the kids in person as much as possible and did an excellent job working through safety procedures of it. And did you guys have like a few people that opted for the remotes and then all, all yep the yep there were each grade had a specific teacher designated to the remote learning students and they were always allowed to um choose remote go remote no one was really forcing one way or the other um but you've probably seen if you've gotten to talk to any other parents in the middle of all this eventually you do want your kids in school because we know we know it's what they need you know yeah, and, and luckily i would say we found that uh, the data shows that schools aren't quite the super spreaders that we feared that mm -hmm. they could be. So thank God about that, that it's actually something that with protocols in place can be pretty feasible. Yeah. Yep. It's all, it all goes back to the protocols, honestly, and how they're running it. So scale of one to 10, when you were expecting, just like, you know, in your mind, two years ago, you were thinking about student teaching, what that experience was going to be like. Scale of one to 10, how normal was it? Was it, was it exactly that or was it much different? Um, I would say the process leading up to it was different. Um, I was actually out of state during the summer. I work, I kind of jump between states um, when I'm off from school. And the entire summer, I was just kind of like, 
am I, am I student teaching? What's, what's going to happen? Like right before I left, the EdTPA had gotten canceled for the spring semester students and they basically waived their student teaching. I'm like, is that going to continue? Do I, so finally we were really, we were like up until August playing it by ear, whether we are in person, whether the educators were going to take us on still, because that was one thing I really communicated with them was like, if you need to say, no, I can't do handle having a student teacher right now, I'm not going to be offended. Like I get it. This is a new, a new minefield for anyone to really explore. So no, this was nothing like if you had asked me back at the start of 2019, when I started working on my degree, if this is where I pictured we'd be at at graduation, I'd be like, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? I'm literally just going to go into the school and I'm going to do what I do. <laughs> yeah. Has, I'm curious, just like as, you know, getting to student teach, I know a big conversation in Illinois like for the last several years has been the teacher shortage and that like one of the biggest issues mm-hmm. this fall was not necessarily that there was tons of cases, but just like with close contacts, it was really hard to staff a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. And there was also, I think, the IEA had a poll where they said maybe like 30%, so like a quarter of teachers were like reconsidering their career after the whole mess that this year has been, how difficult it's been. But then that's juxtaposed with like that there are like a a more need for teachers than ever before. Did at any points in this year during the pandemic, did you think about reconsidering did it ever pass through your mind maybe I should go in a different direction for myself I can confidently say no no um I'm one of the graduate students so it took me a while to get on my education path and once I was finally in it I was like yes this is this is where I'm supposed to be because I am in it for the kids right and and yes of course it's a job yes of course I need to be able to survive and be human and like put a roof over my head. But part of being an educator is, is we're in it for the kids and realizing how important that it was for the kids and that they still had people consistently pushing to love on them and care for them and teach them during this time. If anything made me more stubborn to put my foot down and say, nope, we're doing this. I'm getting through this semester so I can get in the classroom and start. So if anything, this semester, as weird as it is, reconfirmed that I really want to be in the classroom teaching. Well, good. Um, it, it was our phrase of getting through any and everything this semester was everything is trial by fire because you can plan and plan and plan, but we, you never know. And that's how it is in the classroom anyway, right? Like teachers can plan and plan and plan and we pour our hearts onto these kids. But then all of a sudden, one of them could ask a really good question about, well, why are we studying this? And that can completely derail a lesson plan in the best way possible. So it's really, it was good. I, I feel, I personally feel very comfortable going in um, to this profession, even with all the chaos going on right now. That's a hell of a trial by fire too. Yes. <laughs> and I would definitely understand. I, I'm, I'm sure those, everyone around you is probably trying to figure out what the best things to do are. Everyone, it's a new situation for everyone. And like every teacher, like I was just interviewing a teacher that is been in the classroom for 43 years and like everyone is like it feels kind of like I'm a first year teacher right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it it kind of maybe it's an advantage for you where you're like I actually (laughs) you know it's a there's not as much of like a rut that you need to get out of like it's easier to think on your feet yeah yeah no I get yeah 
And, you know, one of the things I'm curious about too, like obviously the challenges of, of learning and, and teaching and going to school in 2020 are pretty well documented. Like we, we understand what these things are, but mm-hmm. through, because you were taking classes in the spring then, right? Yes. Like through that and through your student teaching, were there anything that you ran into that wasn't necessarily a challenge, but a, a silver lining where you're like, I think that we can actually, like this actually works really well. And I think that we could take this with us after the pandemic even ends. Um, I think spring, spring bless everyone and their hard work. It was just kind of a, we always talk about how flexible we need to be, but it really, it threw everyone for a loop. Um, but that spring really opened up for a lot of conversation over the summer and into the fall of, well, what does being online remotely look like? What kind of technological tools can we use with our kids? Because that's a constant conversation in education alone is how much technology is too much for the kids, especially I'm specifically early childhood. And at that young age, there's an influx of them being on technology. So there's a, a massive debate out of, do we put technology in the classroom? Do we keep it pen and paper and keep them off technology as much as possible in the classroom? So I think this summer and fall really challenged educators to look at that balance again and look at the benefits of what we can use technology for. Like there's some really cool adventures we can take our kids on. Um, Like my first graders, we traveled around on Google Earth because we were reading about students in different countries and we couldn't up and go on field trips this year, but we could go and like search Beijing, China and walk around Beijing, China together. So I think the creativity it's brought to that argument of pro or against tech in the classroom is a silver lining that's going to continue to grow. We don't entirely see the effects on our kids' development yet. Like it will take a couple years out as much as you hate to say that you don't see the immediate effects of what this looks like. Um, But I think it definitely, it's increased the awareness of this conversation that some of the educators have been having and has kind of gotten everyone talking about it a lot more. It's yeah, you have to like it's it's literally not an avoidable issue at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now you're graduated for four or five days at this point. Yeah. Still, you know, entering the job market in like the middle of the weirdest school year of all time. Mm-hmm. Are you just looking for work right away? Is there a part of you that makes that wants to like wait until the summer, until after this is over? What is it like for you right now? Um, It is for me right now. I am jumping right into the job market. I've given myself kind of a week and a half after Christmas just to sit down and not do a lot. Are you giving yourself some time off? Because you might have to teach me about that. (laughs) Well, and I was I was talking with my best friend about this. We were both in grad school at this time in different departments. But I'm like, I don't think I've really stopped since my undergrad which started back in 2012. Like I went straight from undergrad to working for a year and a half to like moving back here and working to starting grad school. So like, I really haven't stopped. So I'm like, I'm just gonna sit for a week and a half. And I might go like read a lot for fun, (laughs) you know, like, um, but the job market's still on there. The biggest hurting that a lot of the schools are seeing right now is substitutes. Oh yeah, for sure. um, Because people either don't want to come into the school right now, which I respect. There are so many reasons why people have to be very careful. I have family members myself that are immunocompromised. So like, I get it. Um, but also the technology aspect. Yeah. And some, and some very intimidating. Like have, have kids of their own that are learning from home that they need to worry about. Right. Like it's right. Like it's, 
it's a new, it's a new field and it's raising up questions of, well, what about our kids that don't have internet connections, right? Like I was lucky enough to be in a district where all the kids had Chromebooks. Right. Not every teacher has used a Chromebook, as weird as that sounds. It's navigating a different type of computer. Google Meets versus Zoom for a lot of people is brand new. So trying to control 21 kids as a substitute who barely know you while you're on Zoom um, my cooperating teacher and I compared to whack-a-mole with the mute button. The instant you mute one of them, another one pops up. The instant yeah. you mute another. And you don't want to mute what they have to say. But unfortunately, there are times where you hear things in the background that little ears should not hear. That you're like, no, 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 no. So like, yeah. it's very, it's very intimidating for a lot of substitutes right now. And I can't fault them for that. Like if I had not been doing it like I had this entire semester, I would be like, I don't know how you expect me to go into your mm. <laughs> into your classroom and just pick up because being a sub itself is, I give so many credits to our subs because it's intimidating going into someone else's classroom at times. For sure. So that's what you're going to be doing right away then probably? For now, that's the goal. Um, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for job openings. Everyone, I think post-Christmas, a lot of educators just in the in the realm of the internet that are chatting or like, do I reconsider going back? Do I take in my extended leave that I have? Um, so it's very at the drop of a hat right now. Any long-term leave could come up or nothing could come up until the normal time contracts are reevaluated, you know? Right. Well, and I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of administrators being like, we're trying to get I, I don't I don't think that this has changed at this point, but they were really lobbying the state to get the short-term sub license the same as the long-term one. Cause they're like, you know, we have like extended leaves and like we have some subs to cover it, but they don't have the long-term license. So like we're, we right. have someone to fit, to fix the, to fit this, but they can't be there. And I know that there are a lot of them too are like, generally they get kind of an influx of subs around this type of year. Like when people like you are graduating, and they're like, mm-hmm. I think that might happen this year, but I hope we so. hope. Right. Right. Yeah. It'll, so, it'll be interesting to see. I think that the, especially for subbing, like if you're available and have the ability to do it, I imagine there's going to be plenty of opportunity for it. Hopefully we're all in the education realm. Well, I'm only one educator. I really can't <laughs> speak for all of us, but everyone's kind of eyeing what's going to happen after the holidays again. Yeah. Um, because there was an influx, at least up in our county area, of cases after the holidays. So we just, we don't know. And it, it's the, it almost feels like beating a dead horse with a stick sometimes, mentioning that we're watching the cases because, of course, everyone's watching the cases. But it really, right. it impacts, case. that percentage impacts whether schools come back in January in person, whether we stay remote for another three months, whether yeah. we even consider coming back at all the rest of the school year, you know? It's a real uh, take a shot every time someone says in these unprecedented times. You know? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah. take, good for you taking a week and a half off though. Sometimes I forget that that's an option. <laughs> it's, it's a very hard thing to do. So I understand. And I say I'm taking the week and a half off, but in all honesty, it will probably last about half of that. <laughs> If that, if that, before I'm like, oh, I can fill out this form and I can do this. And I can... Oh my God. Are the, I mean, obviously it's tougher to have conversations with people in your you know, education program because you're not literally seeing them all the time. But do you think that generally most people that you are, you know, in your program are, are feeling the same way? Like I'll, I'll try to find something right away or are more people 
thinking about waiting? I think it it really depends. Um, I believe a lot of the undergrads are probably in that kind of do we search, do we not, what happens next. The graduate department where I'm I'm almost an odd outlier in that I'm one who doesn't have her educator's license prior to entering grad school and had not been working in the official education field. I'd been doing children's educational theater and such, but it wasn't technically education. So I'm one of the odd ones out who either doesn't already have right. licensure of some sort or a job of some short, some sort. Ooh, that's a tongue twister because a lot of my cohorts um, are already working in the schools at this right. time and sure. trying to barrel through like we all are. <laughs> oh man. Well, Taylor, I don't really have many other questions. I'm curious though, if you had to put, if you had to put a ballpark figure on it, how many Zoom slash Google Meets do you think you've been on since March? Oh man, well over, well over a hundred at this point. We did my second half student teaching. We were hybrid learning. So I was no matter what, having some form of Google meet every day. Um, so well over a hundred at this point. Um, and you learn to get creative with it. Yeah. And <laughs> Listen, I, 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 at the beginning of the pandemic, I was, I was really good with curating my wall behind me, what my background was going to be. And we're in full I don't care. Just give it the white background at this point. Right. Like everyone was doing, my main thing is, is there a mess behind me? Like we were lucky enough to remote teach from in the school still. So we didn't have to worry about it. Our biggest thing again, because I'm with the little ones is they learned how to use their Google meet backgrounds and then they forget how to turn them off. And like first graders are, they're big ish, but they're also still tiny. So like half the time, the computer's not even reading that they're there and is just like covering them behind their <laughs> and and my sweet I laugh from these you get some gems and honestly if teachers could like if there wasn't the like privacy laws in place which are excellent don't get me wrong uh teachers could tell some stories man like you could do just like a full like mini clip movie my kiddos my last observation bless them we're great all morning five minutes in it, before my meeting when my advisor pops in is when they all discover their backgrounds and are like in space and then they're in a garden and this is three of them and they're like I can't turn it off and of course you can't tell them how to go turn it off because all the others who are chiming in of I want to put it on how do I put my background on and I'm like no friends we don't need to we don't need to put our backgrounds on and then in this same meet I had crayons up the nose and I had to be like, my friends, we need to remember that Miss Leach can see you and we need to use our school tools for safety. And then one full on went and her family had a gymnastics bar in their basement and she was doing full on gymnastics during this thing. <laughs> like if teachers could share all of their stories, like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's the next like big book or compilation movie, you name it. It's you, you gotta, gotta get, laugh. Gotta get that TikTok channel going, right? <laughs> Honestly, though, like, we, first and foremost, we always protect the kids. Like, they're the most important thing to us. But there are just times where you're like, "What are you? What are you doing? Why is that on your head? Why are you doing this?" And you like want to almost like just send it to the parents as a video of like, "Please don't do this. Please don't let them do this." But you can't, you know. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. The teachers are gonna have some good stories. So if you have other teacher friends, like. Oh, ask them the most ridiculous thing they've seen on on their meets, and oh, I'm sure they have stories. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones. <laughs> oh, it's a riot. There, you gotta love them. It's it's worth it. 
in the long run. That's my biggest takeaway from this still is we're, we're in it for the kids. And I know that it's been such an argument for so many of, well, if teachers don't consider themselves essential, why don't they want to be in the school? Um, it's, there's been some very harsh words said in our, dis, um, in the district of the county I live in, I should say, not the district I work in. And it, it hurts us not to be in person with our kids. It hurts us not to be able to hug our kindergartners every day, you know, to have to say, nope, I can't give you the hug you want today, my friend, because they're so dependent on that social emotional development. Um, especially in early childhood. Like we love, we work on math, we work on our writing, we work on all the basic skills. But one of the biggest parts of our jobs is working on that social emotional development and just getting to like, let our kids know that they are loved and that we're just gonna care for them when they are in our classrooms. We are here to support them no matter what. And it's harder to discuss that through a screen with them. You know, it's easier to say words, but sometimes harder to show it and you have to get creative with it. Right. Well, and, and, and too, I know this is a, a conversation I've had with so many educators this fall is like, there's so much about it, especially early childhood, that's creating a safe and like comfortable environment to learn in. And how do you do that in a time when it's so hard to feel safe and comfortable, right? Yeah. Even for you. So it's a challenge. It's hard. Yeah. We'll get through it though. Right. Yeah, but- there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's all. It's, it's one step at a time. And we're going to get through it. Deep breaths. Thank you. Another good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tell our kids, you, you smell the flower and then you blow out the candle on the cake and you sit and you take a deep breath and we start again. Smell the flowers, blow out the candle on the cake. I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to steal that one for, for Taylor. It works. It fits. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself of that one too. <laughs> awesome. All right, Taylor. Well, stay safe, stay healthy, all the good stuff. Enjoy your maybe week and a half off. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Enjoy your holidays and don't forget to take some time for yourself as well. Also, congratulations on the whole graduation thing. Thank you. It's it's done. It's done. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> it's done. Enough said. It is done. It is finished, as the Lord said. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. All right. You as well, Peter. Yeah, bye. Before we get out of here, let's listen to those final DeKalb High School students and hear their thoughts one more time. I think we need to dedicate more time to these lessons if we are actually going to do them. These 10 minute lessons don't really help because there's not much time to cover anything. I'm not trying to hate on these lessons. I really do think that they help some people, but I also think that the three lessons that I have been in have kind of been repetitive and do not seem to cover much in the time allotted. Some of the questions, while they are good questions to ask, make the students feel awkward and do not really want to answer personal questions while on a group meet with classmates. Sorry, this is so long. Have the teacher physically teach us on a whiteboard during Google Meet. Sleep. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on our show. It's how we get amazing guests like Taylor. Send them our way. Teacherslounge at NIU.edu. And wherever you're hearing this podcast, like it. Leave us a rating. Subscribe. Share it. Whatever you can do. It helps us reach more people and therefore get even more cool guests on. Thanks to the Northern Illinois band, kind of. Shout out to Spencer Tritt and a big thank you to Bonnie Supermoni. I've been your host, Peter Bedlin, and we'll be back very, very soon with a new Teacher's Lounge talking about the top education issues we're looking at in 2021. See ya.